1: Blog Talk Radio
2: in time the seasons past when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats football history and memorabilia. I'm the Gridiron Greats publisher and broadcasting network in conjunction with Swick enterprises. And we're live from the Wallingford, Connecticut, home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. we cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia. You can find us on the web at Magazine. Com. It's at this time, I would like to introduce my co-host, he's a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Larger. He hails from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squires. Joe! Welcome to the show this evening.
1: <laughs> Pleasure to be on, Captain, as always.
2: Good to hear you again, Joe. And let's get right into the thick of things. There was uh, some incredible uncut sheets that came up in an auction. Yes. And you saw our audience yes. in a little bit about those.
1: Yes. As uh, hopefully everybody knows, uh, I am an avid collector of uncut sheets, especially vintage sheets. Um and uh, I've mentioned this a few times, my quest for the 1935 Chickle sheet. Uh, but in lieu of that, any vintage sheet will do. And uh, Bob and I were talking, and uh, auction recently had the uh, some partial uncut sheets from the 1950 Bowman set. And in my decade of collecting uncut sheets, I've managed to pick up 75% of the set, and this was a perfect auction item because it gave me. It had all, you know, all uh, all of the you know players represented, all one forty four in the set. But this so let me start over here. the The nineteen fifty Bowman set is comprised of one hundred and forty four cards, and it was printed on four sheets, each sheet containing thirty six cards. And for lack of a better way to label them, I call I've labeled them uh, sheet A, B, C, and D. Sheet A obviously has card number one, the Doak Walker rookie card. Uh, the 48 Leaf is considered his rookie card, but he's wearing uh, a college jersey in that, so a lot of people consider the 1950 Bowman to be his rookie card. So card number one, Doak Walker, all the way to card number 36. Uh, so sheet A. I've had sheet A, C, and D in my possession, framed in my office for the last couple years. I've only been missing sheet B. But sheet B is a pretty rare sheet because it has Elroy uh, Hirsch, Tom Fears, Marion Motley, Otto Graham. I mean, it's got quite a few Hall of Fame rookie cards on it, so very tough to come by. Uh, and this auction had the sheets cut up into 12-card panels, so obviously they took 36-card Uncut sheets and cut them into thirds, and mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll I'll take you know putting three you know three twelve card uncut sheets and butting them up against each other, framing them, and having a complete one hundred and forty four card set of uh, uncut sheets for a seventy year old set.
2: Uh, wow! And I think wow. all
1: of us, all of us collectors are kind of completionists at heart. So to be able to have to, to be able to have a 70-year-old set in uncut sheets up, uh, I'm pretty happy about that.
2: That's amazing. Now, I'm going yeah. to ask a question, and if you can uh, educate our audience a little bit about it. Obviously, different sheets have different player cards on it. Uh, I'll use yeah. something in my time frame, 65 Tops football. Obviously, the sheet yeah. that has Joe Namath on it is going to be in much more demand than the other sheets. Now, Correct. would that be a drive or force in your experiences why that 1950 sheet B with all the Hall of Famers was in such short supply? A, a collector would say, hey, I just want that sheet because I'm collecting, you know, Hall of Famers on it. I'm not worried about the complete set. What's, what has been your um, experiences with that as far as finding stuff, since obviously this was a key find for you for your collection?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I I, I think it's so thinly collected that uh, I I would lean towards yes. Uh, but each of the sheets have such star power, you know. Sheet A, like I said, Doak Walker, Sid Luckman, Tony Candeo on it. Uh, you know, sheet you know sheet uh, sheet D, uh, you know, has Chuck Bednarik, you know, and then. Uh, you know the card number 144 the last card in the set is a uh, right. is a very very rare card uh, you know so i think but without a doubt you're you're right sheet b you know the middle the middle the, the middle section of sheet b well it'd actually be, it'd be it'd be the uh third section of sheet b is definitely the rarest i mean cuz i'm looking at you know the the one that i was really after and it's card you know, card forty three through forty five on the top row. Forty three is Marion mm-hmm. Motley, forty five is Otto Graham. Right below it is Tom Fears and you know, it's uh
2: you yeah, know it's, yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's definitely got star power. And it's the one I was after. If they would have sold these sold these in unique, you know, individual, then it it's the one I would have gone after. I, I had to buy the whole set just to get it get sheet B. But that's a good question. But I, I so think it's so rarely traded or so rarely do you see something like this come up that I don't know if you can put a thumb on the pulse of that, but
2: I, I would lean towards yes. Well, I, I, I always wondered about that because, you know, over the years my experience of looking at sheets that shows that I'm going, I'm going back to the eighties, you know, I would see from time to time uh, was something that was very prevalent here in New England. There was a bunch of 1960 Flair football Four-card, yeah. eight-card, and ten-card sheets. And I always wondered, you know, somebody obviously print, you know, cut up a sheet and or was it printer scrap or cutting scrap, so on and so forth. Because in New Haven, there was a place called New Haven um, Federal Paper Board, which used to print for a short period of time tops cards, and they would cut oh, it. And uh, they were somewhat prevalent in Connecticut especially the 64, 65, 66 sets, uh, uncut sheets, you know, came around, so on and so forth. And I saw them later on, you know, years later at a show, and they would be prevalent there, so on and so forth. But I was always fascinated with the Fleur uh, strips, and I had a bunch of them over the years that I bought and sold. And uh, something like this, obviously much more rare, much more difficult to find, much better player selection, and so on and so forth. So I was just curious yeah. if, you know, if it was collected like that. I would assume yeah. somebody who's a, well, you know, uh, a Graham collector will only want the sheet that Graham's yeah. on. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that seems logical. And like you say, too, and it's very true, they are very, very thinly uh, traded and bought and sold in the market. I mean, there's, there's not a great, yeah. overly great demand except for, uh, unfortunately, most of the stuff that you're still trying to finish your run with, especially the trickle. So, well, um, take,
1: uh, take, take, for example, the 1984 top set there, uh, there are, you know, 432 card sheets sheet C,
2: right.
1: uh, you know, sheet C has the, the star power. It's got the Elway and Marino card running midway on the left border. Uh, mm-hmm. so you can buy sheet A, B, and D for about, you can, you can pick all three of those sheets up for about a hundred dollars. Sheet C yep, with yep. Merino and Elway will cost you about $350. So, you know, just going mm-hmm. off of that, where people are discerning between the sheets with the star power, you, you, yeah, you definitely got it. But like you mentioned, there's just each car, each, each sheet in this 50 Bowman has such star power. I mean, I'm looking at a printout of them now. It's just, uh, every, I recognize almost every single card. I mean, there's, uh, you know, sheet A, like I mentioned, has Doak Walker, you know, Steve Van Buren, Sid Luckman, Tony Candeo, Joe Perry, you know, another Hall of Fame rookie card. I mean, that's just, that's just sheet A. Yeah,
2: you know, yeah. it's, I mean, uh, any, it's any, fascinating. Me, any, I it. any old set like that is going to have star power no matter what sheet you're looking at, so on and so forth. And it's got to be in demand one way or the other, especially to the the more advanced collector, especially the more advanced collectors, someone like yourself, who actually... You know, collects the full sheets, and uh, you know is comfortable enough knowing and ha- or not comfortable and has enough knowledge to understand what you're actually purchasing there. Where somebody else yeah. would probably say, you know, what am I going to do with this? I'll cut it up, type of thing, and uh, ruin well, they- a piece of football history, to say the least. So Yeah,
1: they- it's they amazing how hard it is so to I- take something that's 70 years old and to keep it intact for all these years. These are right. sheets are in great shape too because uh, several years ago, BST uh, had a partial 65-tops tallboy uncut sheet with the Namath rookie right. on it. Uh, right. It was right. pretty beat up. There were staining, there were tears, and even the Namath rookie had a couple of uh, you know scuffs on it. But at some yep. point, something is yep. so rare, you're, you're almost insensitive to condition. It's like, Yep, right. it, it's beat up. It's in tough shape, but you know what? There's Joe Namath in an uncut sheet. You know, I I, I gotta have that. Uh, yep. So t- to grab a to grab a seventy year old sheet, uh, and it's in good shape. It is just it's the it's it's the unicorn of the hobby for sure. I I love it.
2: Now refresh my memory. What are what's left on your want list for the sheets that you're looking for <laughs> uncut
1: sheets? That you're for? Well, definitely. You know, nobody knows. I've tried to figure out, you know, how the the 35-chickle was cut. Uh, Because you can take a look at the Skybird, uh, you know, uncut sheet. And you can kind of assume that, you know, the the 35-chickle football was 218-card sheets. You know, but that's not even well known. Uh, And when I first started digging into how a 48-leaf sheet was laid out, I really started buying miscut cards. Uh, you know, you'd flip it over and you'd be able to see what the you know the next card was, or if it was really miscut. Sure. And and then uh, suddenly you had you know Mike Thomas and uh, another guest we had Scott Alpa, you know who really once the floodgates opened once I said hey here I've got a couple of ideas on how a forty-eight leaf sheet laid out, you know they had enough other information that we were able to figure it out. And then by luck sure. uh, a a partial uncut sheet uh, of, of series A. You know, 48, because the, you know, the leafs, 48 leaf set is 96 cards. It was printed in, you know, in a 48 card sheets. Became available. So I started trying to figure out how the 35 Chickle sheet was laid out, hoping that the same luck wouldn't strike. That once I started investigating it, one would come up. But it's not. I mean, uh, we don't know. 35 well, Chickle yeah. would definitely be it. Uh, I have one partial uncut 48 Bowman sheet. I wouldn't mind a couple more of those. Got a 50. I, I think the next the next big white whale for me would be 52 Bowman large uh, because it's such a cool set. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. But they're 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 pretty awesome. I mean even even my coworkers love walking in my office because I've got probably a dozen of them framed behind my desk mm-hmm. and they they all mention mm-hmm. they just they just love seeing them. I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls lately and people be like, what the hell is that behind you? And I'm like, oh, that's an uncut football sheet. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's,
2: yeah. it's, it's and I hope, and they're, I hope they're, when they're asking about it, you're you're suggesting that they buy a subscription to Gridiron Greats magazine, <laughs> so they become a more as, knowledgeable about football. As history. any great Remember.
1: football hobbyist should, they should subscribe to Gridiron Greats. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i <I'll cut laughs> shameless plug. I, I, I love it. I've always enjoyed them. I've enjoyed looking at them. I think they just, they frame, so they're so cool to, to look at yeah. framed. And uh, your collection is truly uh, above and beyond anything but, that, uh, well, that I know of. So. Your
1: baby, your, your 65 Philly in this same auction, there was a really beat up 65 Philly yep, uncut yep. sheet.
2: Uh, yep.
1: That went for, What did that go for, Bob? I told you uh it it was for like
2: seven thousand dollars yeah yeah and uh this was
1: a beat up uncut sheet and uh i was stunned because i've got a you know a you know a b sheet from 65 philly so whoever went after this uh you know paid about triple what it should have been worth so somebody really wanted that collectible which is really cool to see could
2: have been could you know. have been somebody like me uh, who opened 65 Phillies as a kid and wanted wanted to see it, you know, completely uncut type of thing. And or there's another collector <laughs> out there. Who knows? You never know. You never know. All right. It's at this time, I know our special guest has uh, stepped in and I'd like to introduce him. And he's well known to our audience and to the magazine. He is a senior contributing writer to Great Island Race Magazine, a football member a historian, specializing in the early artifacts of the game. He also has an incredible run of football card sets from the 1894 Mayos through the 1980s. He hails from Virginia. I'd like to welcome Mr. Jeff Payne. Jeff, thanks for being on the show tonight.
3: Hey, guys. How you doing?
2: We're good.
1: Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Nice. Nice to see another senior uh, senior contributing
3: writer of Gridiron on the show. I know there's so few in between, aren't they? So uh, you know we 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 gotta stick together. You know you mentioned your uncut sheet, Joe. So I have a I have a signed an autographed photo of Otto Graham in my background in my office, and I get asked yeah. the same thing all the time. But but I get asked like is that a soccer player or who is that? Is that uh you'd be amazed what people, and I'm like, no. Oh. And I always say, you know, that's Autogram. And I always get these blank looks, right? <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody that, knows who Autogram was. So. We, we've had a, we've had a couple
1: of Zoom calls, Jeff. I I thought you used a generic Zoom background. I would have <laughs> liked to have seen the Autogram.
3: Uh, okay, well, we well. We can we can change that. I was probably in my other office, so you know yeah. that one's yeah you know, that one's less <laughs> exciting. Cool.
2: Well, Jeff's been on our show several times and tonight our show's gonna focus on something different, an area that uh, both Jeff and Joe are collecting and have a lot of knowledge about. And I'm gonna lead off and hand, and basically start off by asking Jeff How'd you get interested in the history and memorabilia of what our subject will be tonight, and that's the Pottsville Maroons?
3: Uh, the Pottsville Maroons. I love this subject. Uh. <laughs> I can talk <laughs> about it forever. <laughs> it, it actually um, started when I read the book, The Breaker Boys, right? Which is a yeah. you know somebody recommended it to me maybe a decade ago. You know, I like to read. I like to read football. I'm always looking for a good book, and it's the book about the 1925 Pottsville Runes and their stolen championship. And it's really well written. And I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, you know, the Pottsville's in Pennsylvania. Um, I was fascinated that there was a, an NFL team before the Eagles and the Steelers in PA. Cause I grew up there and had never heard of them. Of course, it turns out there were oh. a couple. Um, but you know, that I think was the thing that hooked me. It, it was kind of, you know, it was from my my home state, and it just fascinated me that there was a team, you know, before the Steelers and the Eagles that was playing in the NFL. And then, of course, the book and the whole story is so intriguing that I just got I got interested in, in the Maroons. Nice.
1: I love that book. I think uh, Andy Becker mailed me a copy of it like eight, nine years ago just to, just to kickstart me. You know, my, my heroin <laughs> dealer giving me a sample, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll
1: it's, a, heroin,
3: it's, a, it's a great, it's book. funny because I have in, a couple uh, of,
2: uh, go ahead, Jeff.
1: Oh, I, I, I always, I always uh, shut up when you speak. Uh, I have a couple of Pottsville Maroons uh, shirts that I like to wear every once in a while. And I was <clears throat> just at a Memorial Day, you know, thing. And somebody was like, Pottsville Maroons, 1926. What's that? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> so, you got
3: a couple hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 26 set. I, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a complete set, 18 cards, which you reminded me of before the show, came up. Just came up in the hunt. You know, uh, you know, at a, in a hunt auction. So, tell us about how you first noticed that those came up. A euphoria that was coursing through your veins when you saw it and verified it and, <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then uh, what well, went into uh, acquiring it?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as Bob mentioned, I, I like to collect sets. I've always been a set collector. He, re- he referenced my mainstream run. I just, I got to I got to finish the set. And, and I, I first heard about these about the same time I read the breaker boys when a when a lot came up way long ago. And, I didn't know what they were and I missed them and and then I found out how rare they were. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a set of Puzzle Maroons player cards. Really? Wow. That's, that's incredible. And so I started collecting them and, and, you know, through hook or by crook, I was able to get up to having 15 of the 18, but I really didn't know if I would ever complete it. Right. Because I mean, this is one of those sets where you could, you could wait a decade for some of these cards to show up if at all. In fact, one of them, you know, the Charlie Berry, who was their star end. He's in the College Hall of Fame. He played pro baseball, too. He was an umpire in both the NFL and, and Major League mm-hmm. Baseball for decades. Um, you know, his card, nobody, well, nobody I knew had ever even seen it. None of the lots that had come up, the few that had come up, included the Charlie Berry card, and some people didn't even think it existed. So I needed that one. That nobody knew, you know, well, at least nobody I knew knew that it existed. And then I needed the Tony Latone, which is, you know, he was the leading rusher in the 20s for the NFL. You know, some of us believe he should be in the Hall of Fame, but that's another subject. I always wanted that card. The Breaker Boys book is a, a lot yeah. about Tony Latone, which, you know, I was like, wow, Tony Latone has a card. That's cool. And then um Barney Wentz, who was his running mate, Penn Stater, go Penn State. Um you know, local boy gone good and, and led the league in, in touchdowns and was all pro. And, and the three of those are, for whatever reason, really hard to find. And so, you know, when, when I saw the lot come up, and it was the Super Bowl auction for Hunt, and there was yep. a framed, you know, um, framed set of these cards, complete set of these cards, that was um, also autographed. They were all autographed. And also had a program, 1926 program, I think it was against the Buffalo Rangers, Maroons versus Buffalo, uh, program in the middle of it. It was just a spectacular piece. And my heart did skip. I almost probably had like a heart attack, quite honestly, because I could not believe it, twice. that.
1: twice,
3: yep. yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, wait, what? This has got to be like a reprint, right? Because, you know, on eBay, stuff comes up all the time that makes oh, you look yeah. double, you know, look twice, and then you see the RP after it. You know, or the story about their grandfather and the some old chest, and you just know it's not true. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is you know, this is it. Now I had, I knew where a couple of the Latones lived. I knew where a couple, at least one of the Wences lived. So I knew collectors who had those two, and I figured eventually I would get them right, um, just based on where I'm at and my kind of collecting life and where they're at. And I was like, okay, well, you know, within a decade I'll, I'll get within needing the berry, yep. but I've never seen a berry. And then when this came up, I was like, well, this is it. Right. I got to figure out how to get these, these three cards. Right. And so, so then it became about, all right, I only need three who else wants some of these that is alone to play. Right. And that's where the real <laughs> kind of saga saga started. Right.
1: Assembling the dream team of collectors who were willing to chop up uh, an 18-card 1926 Possible Maroon display.
3: Well, yeah, that was the other thing is these were all framed. You know, we didn't have a lot of information about how they were they were attached, right? Yep. Um, you know, and, and it, you know, part of me is like, gosh, you really want to tear apart something, but, you know, to be fair, it was something that had been manufactured later. It wasn't the way they were yeah. produced. And so, you know, I, I felt like it wasn't damaging, you know, uh, you know, an artifact that was, you know, how it had been created. It was really just more worry of, well, how are they attached and how could they come off? And so, you know, I went yeah. out looking. I knew, yeah, I I tracked this market, so uh, I knew pretty much who the – you know, let's say ten people are that would be after these items. And and I also know knew pretty much who had what. You know, you we were talking before the show, we kinda of have a kind of a list of where all the cards have come from and where they all ended up and all more or less. We don't have them all but, but a lot. And so I was you know, I just started, you know, calling a few people that I thought would be interested. I called you Joe of course and you were crazy enough to say you wanted to be involved you know? <laughs> I was
1: hum- humbly excited to be on that short list of, of uh, people oh, absolutely. you would call
3: and... <laughs> Well, you and I still have done the, the, the greatest trade in the history of professional card football, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, we you Joe were. and I did a trade years ago that, uh, you know, involved star player candy and possible Maroons postcards, and just to say those two sets in the same <laughs> sentence is like, you know, it's like seeing a an extinct species, right? Um, and I still it was pretty cool. It was, was one of the it most fun cool. i ever sent, done.
1: I, I <laughs> sent some Star Player candy cards Jeff's way, and he sent a couple Pottsville Maroon cards my way. And yep. I just, yep. it makes me laugh. Uh,
3: that's, uh, well, yeah, yeah it's, it's like just, two kids it, uh, on the it. playground, right? We got, like, cards that we washed, you know, our moms washed in our jeans, and we're out there, like, swapping
2: you know <laughs> 72
3: top but no we're doing 26 you know um, Pottsville postcards and 28 star player candy cards right <laughs> it's just uh, crazy oh, but, but yeah, yeah you joined in and then um, and Steve Wolf who I know has been on the show and you know is a, a friend of ours obviously he actually lives pretty close to Pottsville and his wife's from that area as well, and he's gotten really into the Pottsville Maroons in the last couple of years and was itching to work on this set and make progress, so we pulled him in too. Um, you know, and then it was just about, okay, what do we think this might go for, and how do we price this? How do we split it up? You know, how, you higher, want to go? how high are we willing to go? How, how, yeah, how what, are we willing what's the to limit go? here? Yeah, what's the limit? Yep. Is everybody comfortable with that limit? Because we knew it wasn't going to go cheap. Right, um, I'm kind of happy that you know, since since I've seen so many of these cards and you've seen a bunch, Joe and and Steve has a pretty good sense for the hobby and had had, had seen some as well. Yeah, I think we were all pretty much, you know, my biggest worry then was, well, you know, we're all gonna kind of come up with what we think and we're just gonna be way off, way different, and we're not gonna be able to agree on, nope. you know, what, what's the right wow. number to uh, you know, to go. But we did. Know? We did. We did. So we tell did. us a little we, bit about the, uh,
1: the, the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory, you know, and the bidding in the last couple of minutes where, hmm. you know, we thought we'd lost it. And
3: then. Yeah, then we won. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was, um, so we weren't, obviously, the the, the Super Bowl auction is a live auction. I think it was in Miami, right? Is that where it was? I can't recall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, um yeah, you know, So it was a live option, but it was also online. You could bid online up until the night before, um, in, you know, put, put in max bids and do online bidding, and then they closed the um, online portion and went to a live version that was both you know, in person and also through, I think it was Invaluable, which is a, kind of a real-time bidding you know, app that keeps up with a, a live bid process, right? Um, And so, it it went live, Super Bowl, you know, I guess day before the Super Bowl, I think it was, and um, of course, we had our strategy, you know, we wanted to, we weren't there live, we were going to put a max bid in, You were only allowed to do max bids up until the, the night before, and so our strategy was to put in a max bid, you know, right at the last minute, so nobody could, you know, string bid us or, you know, mess with it after that, right until it got live, and then. And then we we hoped that that bid would would stand. Now, Steve was closest to Hunt, and we figured, of course, we're going to want to pick this thing up. We weren't going to want it shipped around the planet. And we figured Steve, since he was close, could get it easier. We looked at taxes and all that, and it seemed like the most cost-effective thing was for Steve to go get it. And so we had him bid so that he would win, right? So he put the bid in, the max bid. Now, I had bid earlier just because I always do, right? If it's something I want, I usually put a bid in just in case I decide to go for it. So I had put one in early on, the placeholder, but, you know, didn't think anything of it. And then we get, uh, you know, we get to the live portion. And um, I guess you could say there were some bid, I won't call them inconsistencies, but a little funky Irregularities.
1: Irregularities for sure.
3: (laughs) Yeah, what happened was, you know, I knew what our max bid was and I wasn't planning to bid, I was just kind of sitting there. But as I'm sitting there watching it and it's coming up, you know, in my head I'm thinking, Am I gonna let this thing go for one extra bid increment? Right? We've all been there, right? You get, you know Without you, a doubt. You get remorse you get remorse when you like hold your ground and you say, This is as high as I'm gonna go, gosh dang it, and then you lose and you go. You know, what was the I extra I would extract? <laughs> Yeah, I would have I'm gonna more, now yeah. spend, you know, two decades looking for these, and for an extra two grand, I could have had them. Like, what am I, like, crazy? Yeah. So I, as we got closer and closer, I had in my head, you know what? If we get to the top, this thing we get outbid. Gosh dang it! I'm gonna do another bid, and I'll just like call Joe and Steve and say, look, if you want me to eat the, the extra, I'm eating the extra, but I letting the ones I need get away for whatever, right? And so I was pretty certain, you know, that I'd take it one more if we had to, hoping we didn't have to. Of course, we get to the end, and then things got a little hinky in that there was, you know, it started getting up close to to our max, and we were right on in terms of what it was worth, which was great. Um, But then a bid came up, and it got retracted, and then a bid in the middle came up, and it was really unclear whose bid that was, right, Um, because it was under our max bid. But but the retracted one was over our max bid, and so I was really confused. I didn't, I couldn't tell if we were winning or not. In hindsight, I probably should have yep. been on the phone with Steve because Steve would have, you know, he would have known. But in, in hindsight, it didn't matter because it showed him, it said to him he'd been outbid. He'd been outbid. Um, and then that bid was somehow retracted, and it was very confusing. But, you know, the countdown came, and they were like, you know, Going once, going twice. And I said, gosh dang it, I'm not letting this go away. So I hit it one more time. And then they went, going once, going twice, you won. And I was like, oh, yes, we won. Of course, Steve thinks we lost. I think he texted you and called you and said we lost. He texted me and called me. I'm dancing around the room. You know, I'm like, yes, we won. I can't believe we won this. This is so awesome. So then I got on the phone to let you guys know what happened and you know obviously sorrow turned to extreme joy i think we were all pretty excited that we pulled it off um and uh the good news is you know hunt was actually really cool you know we contacted hunt said look there was something funky that happened here at the end can you kind of look at it and make sure something weird didn't happen because we got this you know retraction and it really was bizarre and you know they were awesome to work with and you know, made it to me. They made it right. They, you know, they they made sure it was fair and that. um So you know, what nothing, happened? There, you know,
2: what what hmm? happened? There was an actual glitch in their
3: software or something for the for
2: the bidding or. Nobody. There's that, uh, an well, incremental. Oh.
1: Was, yeah.
3: Go was ahead, Jeff. i gonna say
1: like like you have to bid in increments. Like let's say it's you know, hundred. The next bid's. Two hundred. The next bid's three hundred. The next bid's four hundred. For example, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, our okay. bid. The next the next bid should have been our bid times one point one, but a weird oh, okay. bid went okay. in, like our, our bid times one point oh five, and it shouldn't been yeah. allowed because the next increment was one point one, but it was right. allowed. Right. So the one point oh five bid comes in. Jeff thinks that's a bid. He puts in another bid to try and get it but in all actuality the 1.05 bid should not have been allowed and
0: uh and mm-hmm. Hunt was
1: cool mm-hmm. because they're like yeah you're right we shouldn't have allowed it it's, it's like in poker you know you 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 can't you, you can't go into a pot mm-hmm.
3: at at half the blind
2: Hero. you know, you are, you know Hero. yeah yeah so. yeah it wow. was
3: it was weird and from talking to them you know they were they were going to go dig in they did dig into it and they came back and said you know yeah you know the reality is though you know whatever the you know, the the auctioneer is, is saying, right, is the real legit number, and they didn't actually have a record of the retraction. That yeah. or that retraction was, was a mistake. It was, you know, somebody entered something into the system incorrectly or so, something happened, and they weren't quite sure exactly what. At that point, as long as they made it right, we didn't really care. So we were like, okay, whatever. Let's just make this right, and we want our peak. Why <laughs> like, can we pick it up? You know? Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so, wow!
3: It all worked. The good guys won in the end, which was, you know, the way it should be in all good, you know, good Hollywood movies. <laughs> the good, the good collectors, now, we, the appreciative ones. We talked
2: about this. This is a little off script, but we talked about this in other shows and, and privately. What? Why are those three cards so rare? Why? Why did you have such a tough time finding them? What? What, what can you tell our audience about them?
3: Well, um, first of all, I would say they are the three biggest stars in the set. You could argue, I mean, okay. there are a few other players that were obviously really good. So they are the superstars, in my opinion, uh, just in terms of the accolades that they got in the league. There's a few other, like Ernst and Osborne, that are you know, pretty well known and won some all-pro stuff as well. But but they're stars. Oh. I don't think – I th- I believe they were all printed as on the sets only, right? We've tracked down and we believe right now that all the – cards we know of are all from four different places they came from four right. different right. places we sort of know where they came from and my sense is they were all complete sets and but through the years you know people that had them cherry picked the stars and kept them and sold the rest and so you mm-hmm. know over time the one that was in Leland you know somebody wanted those three cards that weren't in that set um, and cherry picked them out so they're still maybe out there somewhere. Um, you know, the, the one in the Super Bowl auction was from Cot, who was, a, you know, kind of the grandfather of football card collecting. And what we learned later, which was interesting, was that that piece had actually was a, supposed to come up for auction about 15 years ago. It was at the National. Somebody was flashing it around that it was going to go to auction and it'd come out of his estate. And what and then never made it to option. Somebody made them a, a big offer for it. You know, I heard a rumor that they were asking fifty thousand for it, which is just an an incredible amount of money. We did not pay that. Um and and that it disappeared again for fifteen years. Somebody snagged it, bought it for something, and it never, you know, it didn't show up again for fifteen years. Um mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's just that they're the stars, and they get cherry picked out, and the rest of them are more common, or they're not as well known, and so they get they get sold. And so they're probably either still out there somewhere, or of course, you know, there's a chance they got they got cherry picked, and then they got consumed, they got thrown away, they got paper sure. drive, they sure. got you know somebody threw away when somebody died, you know who knows who knows where they are, yep. you know. Yep. No, but as you, we've that's, mentioned that's,
1: before. You know, talks, pa- paper drives, fires, floods,
3: mm-hmm. you know, children. Well, they don't have names <laughs> on them either, right? They have no name yeah. on them. There's no name either. There's no information on them. They're just, you know, RPPC, photo postcards of a player. The back is just a, you know, it's just a postcard back, other than the ones that came from Joe zacco who was a. Uh, You know, owner of a sports card store or a sportsman's store in Pottsville and one of their biggest fans and worked to get their, you know, stolen championship brought back, who stamped some of his with his, you know, stamp from his store. There's really nothing that would tell you what they were. So if you were somebody going through your relative's, you know, stuff and you saw this thing, you just think it was a picture of somebody they knew and you just chuck it, right? I mean, I don't know who this person is. There's no name on it. There's no, there's nothing on it, so I, I suspect that a lot of them got chucked, um, yeah, and the, and, yeah. and that was because well, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't tell couldn't tell what they were.
2: I I always find it interesting. I haven't been to a paper show in a while, meeting uh, you know paper memorabilia, and inevitably there's a bunch of postcard dealers set up there, and I always obviously look for anything football, and I rarely yeah. rarely come upon you know, early photos of players, you know, whether it's portrait or action or whatever, mostly you see the Mm. stadium postcards and stuff like that. But on the sheer occasion, if I find something, I'll always buy it no matter what the price of it is. And I'll try to match it in in the bunch of, you know, several books I have right now, obviously looking online, which is much easier uh, to try to find out who it may be or stumble upon somebody Mm. uh, who might have some notoriety or whatever. So that's a that's another set that can be actually seen and uh you know, if you study it enough, which you guys have studied over the years, you could find it and then it comes out and so on and so forth. So it's it's uh interesting to see stuff like this come to the market and, and the prices that it generates. So uh That's, that's
3: my dream, Bob. Incredible. I wanna be like I wanna be like sifting through some set of postcards, and right there in a row are 18 Pottsville Maroons just sitting there with a dollar on each of them. That's my dream, man. They're, they, somewhere they're out there, and there's only 10, 20 people in the world who would see it and know what it was immediately. right? I just got to find the right well, show.
2: That's, that's me at a tag sale here locally with the Mayos, and yeah. the guy says, Look, give me a buck for that card. The guy doesn't have any name mm. on, the, on the card. All the other ones have names on them. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me grab my wallet as fast as I humanly can here. Exactly, no yeah. No yeah, yeah.
1: No well, you problem. guys know
3: the story. You know, Todd Tobias, our buddy, collects the Lee Jeans, you know, um, postcards. Todd Tobias collects those Lee Jeans uh, postcards. Never, for never, heard, never heard of him. You never, never heard, heard of him? Of him. Yeah. He's, you know, he's very low profile. You never, You never hear much about him. But he got me, you know, to know what those were. And last year at the national, I was just flipping through some stuff, and right there was the Jim Taylor Lee Lee jeans. And I was like, you know, what do you want for this? And guy's like, I don't know, you know, postcard of Jim Taylor. It's kind of cool. Twenty five dollars. I could not get that twenty and five out of my (laughs) wallet fast enough. I think the one somebody just sold one at auction. It went for like a thousand bucks. That was oh, in crap. nicer condition than mine, but I was I could not get that money out of my pocket quick enough for the two, you know. You know, know kinda things, you know. I love
2: listening to the
1: you two talk about, you know, your fantasies are sifting through boxes at a card show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Unbelievable, Jeff. I gotta ask. I gotta ask you. Are you collecting anything besides these postcards uh, from the Maroons, for example, any programs or possible ticket stubs, photos? Are you Are you doing anything else with the team? Yeah, I
3: have a lot of Maroon stuff. Yeah, Steve Wolf about it. He always says I should like set up a museum for the Maroons. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, most of it yeah well you know I I do look for maroon stuff because I do I like it and it's really cool as mentioned in my home state and all Uh, but also I was fortunate enough there were two huge bins I mean we're talking like you know three feet by two feet by two feet kind of bins of all of his correspondence um, his being Joe Zacco the sports store owner um, that you know correspondence with players correspondence with the NFL old photos you know it had been cherry picked through because i know his estate sold and then the guy who bought it sold it then another i guess probably yeah 20 years later and so it had been kind of cherry picked through this was what was considered the leftovers right but you know it came up for auction i was like gosh that's a lot of stuff and i was like i bet there's there's gems in there and so i just bought it and sifted through it. It took me over a year, you know, slowly to work through it all and figure out because none of it was marked and I had to figure out what it all was. I still have a big pile. I don't know what they are, but I did learn pretty much everything in there was from Joe Zacco and everything had something to do with the maroon. Sometimes it was a mystery. It took me a while to figure out what it was or how it related, but everything I found in there had some connection to the maroon. So it's kind of like a, you know, a detective, you know, Novel, right? Huh. Trying to unravel this stuff, and and I found some gems in there, and but I have a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of letters from players, and autographs and photos, and other you know reunion um, programs, and you know just uh, some you know three or four carousels of slides that he took in the '60s at both the reunion oh. and the first two um, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. So I have Red Grange, a candidate of Red Grange getting his bust, of Bronco Nagurski getting his bust, of, you know, everybody that was inducted those first two years. The Maroons went to those ceremonies because they were trying to, you know, convince, you know, the NFL to give them their championship back. And I have these fantastic slides of, of all these players getting inducted. You know, for the first two classes of the Hall of Fame, which I think is priceless. I mean, it's not worth probably much to anybody but me, but I just think they're fantastic. So wow. I have a lot of I have a lot of Maroon stuff oh. at this point. Yeah, and I really love it.
1: You've done a couple of on you know sports card chat rooms. You've done a couple you know brain dumps of you know the stuff that you're sifting through, as well as the, the you know the the maroons postcards and stuff. You know, you you kind of joked about a you know, museum, but have you ever thought about writing a book or something like that that just brings all of this data into one spot? Yeah,
3: I got to get retired first, Joe.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that would take
3: some work. I would, love, I would love to do something like that, but I need more time to be able to do something like that, yeah. definitely. I'll just have to settle for okay. an occasional artic, article to Gridiron grades. you know, on something in the meantime. But I would love to, you know. Spend my my uh, you know my retirement years traveling to card shows and paper shows and writing stuff up and just kind of just enjoying the history of football the hobbies, yeah. or whatever it's what I like to do so I would love to yeah. do that someday. You know. Well, you've
1: touched on a Joe a Joe Zacho bin of stuff, uh, cool. postcards, you know, programs, and then uh, you know here what I mean. Do you have a couple of items in your Maroons collection that kind of rise to the top that are your favorites?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, So in 1928, uh, they gave each of the players a a uh, a, coal-shaped football made out of coal, coal coal-shaped football, you know, a fob, right, that you would attach to a watch ring or, or to, you know, something, right? They were big in the 20s and 30s. And they all have Possible orange etched on them. They have the player's name and the year etched on them. And I've been able to get two of them. You know, there's, you know, there's like 20 people on the team. So there's 20 of them floating around out there. I've seen two others that I don't have. So I know four exist. Um, but I got two of the biggies. I have Tony Latone, who, as you can probably tell, is one of my favorite players. Um, and then I have Pete Henry, who's in the Hall of Fame. You know, that's Henry or uh, the two that I have, and I just love those things. I mean, to hold something that you know Pete Henry held in his hand, right, or Tony Latone held in his hand, mm-hmm. to me is just the <laughs> ultimate in history, right, if, if you're into that kind of stuff. So um, those are definitely up there with our the PPCs. Um, I have a cabinet photo of the all-service team from Pottsville in 1919. I mean, this is the team that played together during World War One. Um, and many of them ended up um, being firemen at the Yorkville fire company where the Maroons kind of emerged out of. So I kind of consider that team to be the first, you know, the first Maroons team, Um, and I love that photo. I've never seen another one, um, and that to me is really special because it's kind of their first team, right, before they got famous and and all that good stuff. Um, the the last one would probably be, um, and I've mentioned this before, is you know when when the when when the maroons asked permission to play the exhibit game against the Notre Dame All Stars in 1925, that ultimately cost them the NFL championship because on the field they won the championship, they lost yep. because they played a game that wasn't supposedly sanctioned by the NFL, and the NFL took away their their franchise. Yep. Um, The, the owner of the Maroons, Doc Striegel swore up and down that he had called the NFL. He had talked not to Joe Carr, who was the president because he was in the hospital, unfortunately for the Maroons, but to Bunny Corcoran, who was a good friend of Carr's and often sat in the office and answered calls and, and tried to run business when Carr wasn't available and Stray said I called him, and he told us it was okay to play this game. And um, <clears throat> there were two other people in the room. There was uh, Dick Rouch, who was the coach, and there was Dick Stallman, who was a player. Dick Rauch's affidavit that um, Joe Zacco got before Dick Rouch died. Um, to prove that this call happened, because Bunny Corcoran later claimed, yeah, well, I kind of talked to him, but I didn't promise him anything, and and, and Joe Carr, you know, never acknowledged that it was legit. Um, You know, Dick Rauch testified and notarized that he was there and he heard the conversation, and at the end of it, Joe Striegel said, I just got permission from the NFL, and Dick Stallman notarized and authorized. Well, in one of those two big bins that I got, and I cannot believe they passed this over, was Dick Stallman's notarized letter to the NFL that he was there for that call, and he heard that call happen. And, I mean, that to me is football history right there. It is the cross of the entire issue with the 25 Maroons and the NFL, right? So I have that, which is really cool. I love that piece.
1: That's NFL history for sure. Wow.
3: Unbelievable. Those are probably my biggies. Oh.
2: Jeff, do you do you have anything on your on your want list that you're looking for that uh, that is uh actually can't be spoken about.
3: <laughs> I
2: know sometimes you don't want to go to a uh a um, bidding war with somebody who knows that you're looking for something, or at the end of the show, I get a call and say, "Hey, you know that guy that was on the on, on your show? Well, I got
3: it for him. Mm. Got to meet me." Yeah, meet well, me I like, like those and that. Well, and that's my philosophy right. is um, I've always been a big believer that you know hoarding knowledge is not a good strategy, right? It doesn't work yep. for most foreign governments, right? <laughs> <So it's the laughs> and and in this day and age, information just flows everywhere. And so I'm not a big believer that you should like keep secret what you're after or whatever. What I found is that the more you broadcast what you're looking for, the more people yeah. approach you when they see something yeah, yeah. that you're looking for. And it, it just adds to your network, right? It adds to your tentacles. Um you know, if somebody and the other thing is it's a hobby, right? I don't care if I get that outbid, right? I'll be bummed for like a day or whatever. And you know what? What I found is a lot of times the next time that exact same thing rolls around, you actually get it cheaper than what you would have paid for it originally. It's just karma, right? It just happened to be on eBay. There was something I missed twice on, and I really wanted it, and I was kicking myself. It came back up on eBay. Got it for probably about 150 bucks, you know, lower than when I bid on it the last time and lost. Exact same item. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how that happened, but I'll take it, right? So, I actually, you know, I don't hide information because I don't think there's any, you know, benefit to me to do that because I, quite honestly, don't care enough that if I don't win. Um, and I feel like my tentacles are a lot bigger, if, you know, if if everybody knows yep. what I'm looking for. So, I mean, I'm it's working exactly on the player I- play set, right? Go ahead,
1: That's exactly why I announced to people that I'm after a 35-chickle uncut sheet. Who knows?
3: I know. I've probably heard that from you, Joe, like 25 times now. I mean, I know exactly <laughs> who to call if I ever see one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you you'll beat it into my brain, and uh, if I ever see one, you will be my first call. I guarantee you. I will not try to hoard that sucker. It will be headed to your collection, man. So uh, I know how much you thanks, want it. Brother. I know how much you want it. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to finish the the Star Player Candy set. We mentioned we were joking about that trade we did a while ago. Um, I have about half of that set, and I only know one person that has the complete set of football. It's really hard. I don't know that I'll ever complete that one either, uh, but that's one that I would really like to complete someday. So Anybody out there that has Star Player Candy football, I'm your man. I'm looking for a man. I'd love to get that set completed. Wow, nice. <coughs> Jeff,
1: I've I've always been impressed with people like you who just immerse themselves in 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 a topic like the the Pottsville Maroons. Uh these deep dives into history and you 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 just kinda own it. Uh I mean and you mentioned it earlier, you know, to, to say you know, to collect the you know, the the postcards or anything possible is definitely a de- decade long undertaking. So mm-hmm. do you have, do you have any suggestions mm-hmm. for somebody who's listening or is like, you know what, that's fascinating. reads the Breaker Boys and is like, I I want to start digging into Potsville memorabilia. Do you have any suggestions somebody wants to uh, get into that?
3: Yeah, actually, I do. I was thinking about this question because you guys always ask this question. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, as you all know, there's all sorts of chicers out there.
0: There's fakes and forgeries
3: (laughs) and trimmed and reconditioned and, you know, uh, stuff where you hear a story, but there's no providence, providence to it. You know, people trying to get you to overpay. I mean, there's so much nastiness out there. And I I feel like nothing hurts our hobby worse than a newer collector buying something and realizing they got duped, right? And then just having a bad taste and just getting out of the hobby, and so I always tell new collectors, look, whatever you're after and it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or it's a thousand dollars, you need to educate yourself. You need to understand there's people out there that know a lot about this set or about this item or whatever. You need to find them, you need to pick their brain and you need to understand it so you can make good decisions. Cuz I feel like a lot of times people just kind of, you know, they see something they want it, they read something, they think it, "Oh, eh, that sounds pretty legit," and they buy it and then they get burned. And the only way you can, um, you know, avoid that is to educate yourself. So I was yeah, you know, you that's, that's, you, you've got to educate yourself, right? You've got to know what about the stuff you're going after or you're going to get burned. There's too many people out there that want to take advantage of you. And that's an excellent point for the simple
2: reason I end up getting an email or a phone call after they bought it and say, what do you mean it's not worth anything? You know, I, oh, I, told yeah. I worth X, X amount of dollars, yada, yada, yada. And then. You know, it gets frustrating for me because, you know, I've, I've done it, you know, a thousand times over, but I did it once. You know, and I tell the people, did, well, uh, why did you buy it for? You know, what, you know, did you research it? Did you look at it? Did you talk to anybody? Yeah. So you're you're spot on when you say educate yourself with regards to what you're going to purchase or what you're going to collect. Okay, we're almost out of time. Jeff, any
3: final uh, parting words, thoughts? No, this has been awesome, guys. Really enjoyed it. Always love to talk maroon. So uh, appreciate you having me on. It was fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, thank you. F- thank you for being on, Jeff.
2: And taking time out of your schedule to be on. Uh, we appreciate no, it. And what an education tonight on the Pottsville Maroons and their memorabilia, and especially the postcards. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Jeff Payne. Thanks for being on. All right, Joe. Got to wrap. Thanks. We'll- Running out of time. Two minute warning. Wrap up. I'm handing off to you. What you pick up on tonight's show?
1: i oh, just. What did Jeff? Such a good friend. A good friend of the hobby. And I just I I, I love when people say this, but you know when they when they're forthcoming with their their with their knowledge. Not only are they forthcoming with it, you know they they don't hide it, but they're they're actually willing to put together really deep dives into certain topics that just that enlighten all of us to a, a brief period in time i mean uh he's mentioned that affidavit before and i just i'm mm-hmm. just shaking my head it's just it's so cool just you know good friends of the hobby it reminds me of you bob i mean you, you know think about how committed you are to the hobby doing this podcast and gridiron grates and i mean yeah it's it's a it's a small intimate gathering all of us and uh i, I just i i dig it
2: well, I agree with that. I had the honor of going over Jeff's house there a year or two ago and uh I, I just saw yeah. football history every, everywhere I looked. It was it was a, a very, very invigorating weekend for me. Uh seeing that stuff, spending time with the icons that I did. Uh I I really I missed out this year, unfortunately, with everything that went on. We uh, had a gathering scheduled, obviously a thoughts it fell falls through, but uh, hopefully down the road we'll all get together again. And, Joe, it will be up to you to get out there and be part of it also at the same time. Uh, we down to a minute. Again, if you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Greats Magazine, what are you waiting for? Check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. Final thoughts, Joe? 30 seconds or
1: less. Uh, I dig that. If you're not a subscriber, what are you waiting for? What are you doing?
2: Get in there. I like it. <laughs> absolutely all right that's that's about all i got for tonight and uh thanks for being on joe good to hear from you again jeff thanks for being on and we'll be back within uh probably the next two weeks with another show until then take care thanks for listening
1: thank
0: you hey there sports history fan this is arnie chapman aka the football history dude